What's up all this episode brought to you by Carbon Health. You guys know Carbon Health. I love Carbon Health. I talk about them all the time. They're known for having over 120 locations that handle urgent care, COVID, RSV, flu testing, vaccinations, but you should also know that they expanded into primary care services that also include connected health, which means that our the idea of health isn't just about our bodies, which is obviously very important, but it's also about our mind. Carbon Health providers come connected with mental health specialists as well. They expanded their primary care services in 2023. If you're in Massachusetts, you can have access to the connected care there as well, and it's expanded from California all the way to Massachusetts. Carbon Health, excellent urgent care and testing center, but don't sleep on their primary care services. What's up, everybody? It's Monday. It's Monday. It's me, Christian Harloff, here with a Fun, special solo show, and we've got a lot going on, which I'll tell you about this entire week. A lot of fun guests coming up, a lot of things in general. And this um, the, today's show, we've got a lot of really fun news stories. Dune, apparently, Rebecca Ferguson says that this is superior to the first, and that makes me excited because I loved the first one very much so. The Harry Potter series is getting a, a lot of talk. A lot of people are talking about, is it a, a good idea? Is it a bad idea? Lots of talk overall. Lots of talk about The Little Mermaid, whether positive, negative, excited, not excited. Well, it also has a, a, a runtime, and it's a long runtime. Not as long as Martin Scorsese, Scorsese's new movie, but man, it's a, it's a long one. And Mario continuing to smash at the box office right now. Looks like that movie's going to make a billion dollars. Renfield didn't do as well as people hoped that it would. Um and uh, the that's right. I didn't know if you knew that, but now you do. Dungeons and Dragons, the show has got a showrunner, and there's a, there's a lot more to talk about today. There's a lot more to talk about, but that's the main stuff that we're really going to get into, and I'm excited to talk about it. And we're also going to talk about what was the biggest bomb of 2022. See if you can guess. If you don't, if you already know the answer, then don't guess. But if you didn't know the answer, what do you think the biggest box office bomb was in 2022? We're going to discuss that. And I thought that this one would have been up there, but I didn't know that it was the the number one. Um, okay, let's uh, let's talk about a couple of things before we move into the actual show itself. We're right around the corner, guys. I mean, right around the corner. We're just shoot. What is it? Eleven days away. From the Big Thing Live at Flappers Comedy Club, April 28th. Now, a lot of people didn't know this, too. I ran into some people. They're like, hey, I'm coming to your show. Or I, I wasn't able to come to the show, but I really wanted to watch it. I wish you were streaming it. I said, we are live streaming. So all you have to do, if you want to live stream and you're not able to be there in person, you go to thechristianharloff.com. You can buy tickets if you can be there live. But you can also buy the live stream tickets available now. And we'll be live streaming the podcast portion of the show so you can go and you can check that out and look at that crew that's going to be there if you haven't gotten yourself a shirt um man we got for some reason there was like a big boost in big thing shirts over the weekend i ain't complaining sith council all these other things get a get yourself a shirt and yeah i love it i love t public i love working with them so make sure you do that all right that's it everybody that's the uh that's the intro that's my that's if you haven't already done this subscribe to the channel obviously uh, brand new episodes coming up. I should say that before, I guess, maybe before we, we get fired up here. Um, Katie Sackhoff is coming back on the show next week. We're going to announce the giveaway for the helmet. Um, so we'll be 
with Katie talking all things spoilers for Mandalorian Season 3. She'll be on the show, and that'll be Monday's episode. Freddie Prince Jr. is coming in, and we're going to be talking to Freddie about his new podcast and a lot of other things, so make sure you check that out. I've got some fun guests coming up right around the pike. There's a lot of great things happening. We've got some uh, old-school guests coming in. The live stream channel's been going well. So there you go. There we go. That's that's the beginning. And now let's get to uh, let's get to the juice. It's the big thing. I'm ready. Cool. Let's do it. What's going on, everybody? Big thing. Monday. Hope you had a good weekend. I had a good weekend. It was good. When um, for old school Schmoes fans and Schmodown fans and people in general that know the great Mark Riley, him and his lovely wife now, Julie, they did the thing, man. They got married over the weekend. So we went out there and um, it was a nice little Friday, Saturday thing and uh, hung out with Dagnino a lot and Kaiser. I mean, I'll go with everybody. There's a lot of people there. Rachel Cushing was there, Mark Anopic, Dan Merle, Sam Levine, Mike Kalinowski, Shannon, Emma Fife. Uh, there's so many people out there, and, I, and people that I that I missed. But um, I mean, I'm sure people also that I just forgot to say that were there that I hung out with as well. But um, it was uh, it was a good time. We had a blast, and it was nice to get away, like in kind of wine country, and and it, it was uh, it was a a nice little celebration, if you will. Well, of course, Mark Ellis was there. I don't, can't forget Mark Ellis, but I, I was just, I always assume everybody just thinks that he's he's at these things as well. Um, and we had a good time. So if you have an opportunity, send over a tweet to, to Mark Riley and say, um, say congratulations. And he was, uh, he's very, very happy, as he should be. Um, and then I was like, okay, we got a big week coming up. It's so much stuff coming up this week. And I know that it's kind of the calm before the storm with the summer movie season. It's a lot of stuff coming up. You got Guardians. And I was going to, I told a lot of people, I was going to go to to CinemaCon. And I had the, I had, I got approved for press. I had all that stuff. And I just can't make it work for my schedule. And then when I get back, if I, if I got back on that Thursday when it was over, and then we got to jump into that Friday live show, it was just too much. So unfortunately, I can't go. And it's just, it's a bummer because I know that it would have been, tremendous for the coverage I could have given you guys with the flash coming out. And I think they're going to scream mission impossible and about a bunch of other things and guardians first look and all that. Um, so it would have been, it would have been definitely, there would have been a lot to cover. No doubt. Just couldn't make it happen, but there's just a lot coming up though, man, with, I mean, just the summer seasons right around the corner when it comes to the movie summer season, people are always like, well, it's not summer yet until June, but the summer movie season hits in like the beginning of May. And the first one is Guardians. That's going to be the big one. Roxy and I, if you watched Thursday's episode, Roxy and I kind of covered the, the movies that were coming out. I think we're going to do like, we should probably do like a big epic summer movie preview season probably soon so we can cover all of the months. Um, I think that would be kind of the way to go. I don't know, maybe we'll do it on one of my live streams. I don't know yet, but either way, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely cover it one way or another to cover everything that's coming out because there's so much I'm excited for. And, um, and yeah, so I hope you've been enjoying all the stuff that we've been doing. And like I said, it's, it, there was, there's a lot of Star Wars with, with Celebration that hit. There was a lot of things in general with, uh, you know, your Mandalorian's closing up and then, and then we just start firing into this, this summer movie season. So get ready for it, kids. It's going to be a good one. 
Um, and then I think that like once with the the way the big thing works, by the way, is Mondays is usually either a solo show, a guest, let's say Katie Sackoff, Freddie Prince Jr. Um, you know, uh, I think I'm going to start trying to get Kate on a little bit more on the on the Monday shows. So that's something as well. But I know some people really like the solo shows. I mean, it's kind of a mixture. That's what I like about Monday. It's almost like a grab bag. You don't know what you're going to get. As where Wednesday, you always know what you're going to get with with the big thing, Sith Council, with myself, Mike, and Steph. And then Thursday's always uh, Brett and Roxy, even though Brett's been off the last couple of weeks. But the reason, well, where's Brett been? You got to remember, I was sick for a little bit. So it just, everything got kind of thrown off. But Brett and Roxy should be back this week. And then Friday's usually myself, Coy, and Winston. But Winston broke his leg. Um, so we're waiting for Winston to get better. Winston will be at the April 28th show, though. I don't know if he's going to be doing stand-up comedies per se, but he'll definitely be sitting down on the couch maybe telling jokes. So get ready for that. Um, all right, let's get into these stories because there's a ton of them. There's a ton of stories. And the first one, man, I love Dune. I love Dune. The first movie was so good. I do. I think I was a little more adamant back in the day when it came out that um, back in the day, what, two years ago? But when it came out and I was like, oh man, I loved watching it from my home, which I did, but I still think that I would have loved to see it in the theater. So I'm really excited to see the second one in the theater. And now one of the stars, Rebecca Ferguson, who I love, who you know from Mission Impossible, she teased that the new movie, Dune Part Two, it's even better, it's superior were the words that she used, than its 2021 predecessor. Ferguson reprises her role in the film as Lady Jessica, and Jessica has a, a key role throughout the book with the adaptation split into two films. She is key to helping Paul become, well, I don't want to say anymore for people who didn't see it, speaking on Jake's takes while promoting Apple TV. This is what she said. I'm going to say that part two is even better than part one, and that's me without seeing it. That is me based on what I've read, what I've seen, what I've filmed. I just think it's going to be better. That's... You got me sold. I was sold anyway. It was what you, stupid ass I am. We did the most anticipated scene, um, list at the, I don't know if I did the beginning of this year or, or the end of the tail end of last year. I think I just did it at the beginning of this year. And I talk about Dune all the time. And guess what was missing from my most anticipated list? And I'm like, oops. And people are like, well, you don't want to see it anymore? I'm like, no, I'm a moron. I've totally forgot it. Um, which, by the way, I think I told, I wish people would have had a camera on Dagnino and I at this wedding. Everywhere we went, we would. I, I walked up to the photographer, Riley's, we were all in the wedding party, so I walked up to Riley's photographer, and I said, you see that guy right there? And I pointed at Dagnino. I said, he's what we know in some parts as, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, yeah, a moron. And, and then he was like, because um, we're all lined up, he goes, what's that guy's name again? I go, that guy? I go, that's Putz. And he goes, hey, putz, move to the right. And Dagnino, without even blinking, moves. Um, anyway, so stupid me forgets it, it, it in the most anticipated list, and it's probably number two right behind Indiana Jones, I would say. I can't wait for it. It is. It fills that void of the thing that, it, like, I still very much enjoy going to see the DC movies, the Marvel movies, the Star Wars movies in the theater. I do. But I also want to see epic grand scale movies that are outside of that. I think that's why I get excited, and not even necessarily grand scale, but different types of movies. That's why I got excited for Creed three. That's why I got excited for um, John Wick. And that's why I got excited for these other movies because I like other games in, in or other fighters in the fight. You know what I mean? And Dune is another fighter in the fight, and it comes out at a time 
where, and especially with Denis Villeneuve, of what he can do, the filmmaker that he is, and the much, as much as I loved the first one, to, I'm going to definitely watch the first one again, and then I'll probably watch it twice, once, um, once probably soon, and then I'll probably watch it once right before I see it. Um, I'm trying to get a premiere invite only because, only because I want to take Matt Sarah. If I don't get, if I couldn't, if I couldn't get, if I couldn't get Matt, Matt Sarah said he would want to go only because Matt Sarah is like a Dune fanatic, not for any other reason. Um, but that would be amazing. But the fact that, you know, a lot of times there's hype around like um, actors who say, yeah, it's better than the first one. It's amazing. It's so good. But when you put facts together with the, the fact that it's a book already, it's not some, well, we had to kind of throw things against the wall. It's 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 already a story that's been written. It's already a story that we, you know, if you read the book, you know what's going to happen. And the fact that Rebecca Ferguson is like, no, 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 this is the this is the conclusion to it all and how it plays out and what this guy shot and what I filmed, out of control. And I haven't even seen it. I believe it. I mean, a lot of times you could you'd be okay to say, well, it could just be hype. I'm the actor saying it's hype, and that might have an element to it. I believe it. What do you guys think? You think um, you think it's just hype, or do you think this is actually going to be a fantastic, fantastic film and better than the first? Or is it even going to be maybe not better than the first? Maybe it's just going to be something that after it's done, you're going to say, no, 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 you got to watch these together. Because it's one massive movie, like Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. When you watch them together in like one big, long day, it just plays that well. That's how I feel it's going to be. I feel it's going to be like, like it's just going to fit the second. Like It's going to elevate the first. And you're like, oh, yeah, the second half is maybe stronger than the first, but it's one big movie. That's the way I think it is. But I'm curious. What do you guys think? Make sure you comment. Let us know. And. Obviously, um, if you didn't know this already, a lot of people, a lot of you guys do, and I get comments about this all the time. And I get comments about this from the podcast sponsors, by the way. That I, and and this is a testament to you guys. It's something I've been wanting to thank you about. I'm glad I just remembered it. Um, they're very act, they're very um, aware that this channel has very active subscribers on it, and people who I should I should even use the word more so than subscribers, community, and. They're very, it's something that you guys know if you've been following me long enough, or maybe you, you didn't. Um, I think the community is the strongest element of this thing, and it's, and it's one of the main things about YouTube. If people, that's why I try to comment back as much as I can and keep the conversation going. And you're always clicking like, you're always hitting the comment buttons, and they pay attention to that stuff. And, you know, when they look at it, and they go, oh, wow, there's people who are really active on here and having conversations, and the vibe is uh, 94. I'd say 90% positive. And we throw, and, and just to let you know, if you come in here and you, you're throwing like hate speech and you're throwing insults at whether it's me, co hosts, other people, you're like, oh, how come I wrote this whole big thing and I, I insulted this guy and, and he never responded and none of his audience? Because you just get thrown out right away. It, there's a, there, it, it's a filter and you get thrown out. So when there's, it's like, oh, you don't like criticism? Not true. You can say, I don't agree with your take. And I think that your take is, I'm, I'm not really excited about doing, I didn't think it was a good movie. And I'll tell you why I disagree with that. You're you're not going anywhere. We encourage that. It's 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 insults. It's it's you know this. There was a conversation going on the other day, and I saw a lot of it, and it went back and forth. And it was like, for big thing for Sith Council, we talk about Star Wars a lot, and I loved the last episode of Mandalorian. 
but we critiqued a lot of the stuff that we didn't. And there was, and again, this is no insult to the particular person who wrote this. They just said, oh, I can't watch Sith Council because you're too negative. I said, well, I'm sorry. You feel that way. That's not, I mean, I said, well, you must have, you might have been watching the wrong episode because that's not, that's negative to me is just completely just bashing the entire time. Fair criticism of certain things and certain, certain things you like, certain things you didn't like. I'm just not a everything is awesome channel. That's just not that's just not my that's just not my thing. Um, there are a lot of great channels that are everything is awesome. And if you like that and you want just pure 100% positivity on everything, I think that's encouraging and it's great. But it's just not it's just not my my thing. I like to see the good, the bad, the ugly, you know, all of it, and talk about it. But even that, the reason I bring that up is that conversation was never insulting it was never names thrown it was a conversation going hey i'm not going to watch i'm still going to support i'm still going to subscribe because of this this and this but 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 the last couple weeks for me hasn't been my thing because i just want to hear positive all the time to which i said listen i appreciate it i don't agree with the assessment and i think that if there's certain things that it's just not my my thing and back and forth and we had a positive conversation even people who were chiming in were having positive conversation about it i encourage that I love that. I don't have to agree with it, but I love it. And it's, you're not going to get thrown out for that. So that's what I'm saying. The community aspect is is really uh, important over here. So if you're throwing that comment in there, you're throwing a like in there, you're having conversations with other people, thank you for doing it. I really appreciate it. It's 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 tremendous. It's helpful. And, and, it's, and it's being noticed by a lot of people, obviously myself, but a lot of people. So thank you for help growing the show and growing the channel because without you guys, we couldn't do any of this. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's head on over, and we're going to go to the next story. And that story is going to be this runtime for Little Mermaid, man. So, you know, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of talk about the Little Mermaid right now, and I think there's a lot of criticism on it. There's a lot of criticism. I think that is unwarranted and racist and hateful and garbage, to be honest. Then I also think there's warranted criticism, as we were just talking about. CGI didn't look very good. Um, Crab looked terrible. She looked great. Her voice sounds great. But the question is, will it deliver on an overall scale? And we don't know the answer just yet. But what we do know... And again, a lot of these stories are from DarkHorizons.com. And it says that Disney's live-action remake of The Little Mermaid is continuing the trend of long blockbusters this year. And now this film is reportedly set to be the longest live-action Disney remake. According to a new listing from AMC Theaters, The Little Mermaid is clocking in at 135 minutes, which is 2 hours and 15 minutes that's over the previous record holder of Cruella at 134 minutes. I forgot all about Cruella. I like that movie. Um, what's especially surprising is it comes in considerably longer than its animated predecessor, which was 83 minutes, which is nearly an hour shorter. So rumors of test screenings have dubbed this the best Disney remake, though we'll have to see about that. Rob Marshall helms the film about Ariel, who's a beautiful and spirited young mermaid with a thirst for adventure and the youngest of King Triton's daughters and the most defiant Ariel just, we know the story. Um, 
Okay, the cast, eh, yeah, 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 it's it's going to come out on May 26th. All right. Well, look, the first thing I say when I say I always go, oh, when a movie's long, it's freaking Flowers of the Moon is another one of my most anticipated movies. It's almost four hours long. I don't know if I'm going to see that in the theater. I have to leave by noon. Like, that's long. This isn't too long. Two hours and 15 minutes. It's it's long for a Disney remake, but it's not, it's not like, unbearable. I mean, unless the movie's unbearable, but first of all, test screenings. Test, test screenings. The, I always ask the same thing about test screenings, the same thing I ask about, like, polling. Who, who are you polling? Who are you te- who's the test screens to? Test screens can be very accurate. Test screening could be like, oh, yeah, we show this to people who were skeptical. We show this to people who didn't like the last trailer, and they loved it. We showed people who were just going to love it no matter what. And we didn't really even show them that much. Nothing was was finished. They didn't care. They were just clapping and smiling. Who knows who the audience was, the test screenings? Now, probably pretty, I would say it's probably closer to the first and of just people who were going to see the movie and, and that's encouraging. Rob Marshall's a good director. Rob Marshall's a good director. My, I'm telling you, my biggest concern out of all of it was not the singing. It's not the casting. It was the, the look of the crab was terrible, but that's that's a small thing. Um, it was it was the is the same thing that's kind of happened with some of the Star Wars shows and some of the Marvel shows. Is are they getting too reliant on the volume? Are they getting too reliant on on you know CGI and all that? And it's hard because they're underwater, right? I thought that who did it the best? I mean, obviously Avatar did it the best, but Avatar also had a, a, a lot more money as far as budget goes. I'm talking about underwater stuff. But there's ways to do it, and there's other ways that I can't remember. There was another movie that did it, and it wasn't Aquaman. It was something else. I can't remember that did something underwater, and I said, oh, man, that's, I wish that would have looked like that. I don't remember. But to be fair also, is this a couple trailers on, on the small screen? What's it look like on the big screen? And is the story... Does the story work? But 2.15, if the story sets, and that also does mean you're adding, which one of the biggest criticisms on the Star and the Star Wars, on the live action remakes have always been, well, I've seen all this before. I've seen all this before. This is, why'd you remake it if you're just going to do the same movie, like The Lion King? There wasn't really much that they added to that. Beauty and the Beast, there wasn't too much that they added to that. I liked both of those, Uh, you know, Call me a simp when it comes out. I liked, I liked, uh, I liked all of them. And I also saw it my, with my kids, with my kid, and I was watching it, and you know, I understood criticisms for it, but I, I didn't mind them. I thought Cinderella was the best, and Cruella. Cruella, obviously, not really a live action remake, per se. It was a kind of a prequel origin story. So, um, but I would say Cinderella was the best, where they took something and really dove into the core of what it was and added more to it to enrich the story. And if you're adding an hour to this, it certainly seems like that's what you're going to have to do if it's 2.15 and the other one is barely 1.15. Um, so that's that should be encouraging to people who are going to see the movie. That means that they're actually writing more and they want to explore more of the story and they want to explore the love story and they want to explore more about the home stuff and they want to develop character um, they want to add a couple more songs. So, yeah. So what do you guys think? Um, where are you guys at with it? Once again, if you're coming into the comments section and you're going to have a positive conversation about it, your critiques are are encouraged. 
your skepticism also, if done right, is encouraged. Your positivity is encouraged. Have a good conversation about it. If it's going to be one of these things where you're just going to call names, blah, 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 you're not going to make it into the comment section. But again, I only I say that with, with this audience where it's, it doesn't really happen too much here. So I want to hear your thoughts, though. What do you think? Do you think that this is going to be a good movie? Do you Are you actually encouraged by the 215? Because it means they're adding more to it off of that big criticism of that it's not the same movie, it's something different, they have their new take on it, or is it too long for you? Is that just too long? You weren't excited about it in the first place, and this is going to kind of either bring back the the excitement or maybe it encourages. I'm so excited, actually, to hear what you guys think. All right, speaking of excitement, I'm really excited because we have a lot of great sponsors on this show. And I got to tell you right away about Green Chef. Green Chef, guys. I've talked to you guys about a little bit more about Green Chef recently. Um, and they've been sending stuff to my family. Oh, man, it's so good. It's so delicious. The chicken and the beef and oh, everything about it. It's really, really good. I hope that you guys have tried it already. It is a um, it is a CCOF certified meal kit company, if you didn't know. It makes eating, eating well as easy, merely easy, and it has these plans to fit every lifestyle, whether it's uh, keto, paleo, vegan, vegetarian, gluten-free, or you're just looking to eat more balanced meals. Green Chef offers a range of recipes to suit your preferences. I did this too, by the way. I had... Um, I had this, um, I, I do like a stir fry with it. I put like the brown the brown, uh, brown rice with it. It's so good. It's convenient. It's easy. It, uh, it's, it's really, really good. You can bring more flavor to your table this spring with Green Chef's wholesome elevated recipes. They have the seasonal, they have organic produce and unique farm fresh ingredients like rainbow carrots, bok choy, and, and olives. It's, it's incredible. They have the uh, options that you know they have these different meal kits and I took the family style which is what I really like it's the number one meal kit for eating well with dinners that work for you not the other way around it's amazing if you're craving like a particular recipe you can double the portions in your weekly order with just one click they offer customization more customization now than they ever did beforehand and you can swap protein in any meal that features chicken beef or salmon for USDA certified Organic ground beef, USDA certified organic chicken, wild caught uh, sockeye salmon. And you can now add chicken or fish to select vegan and veggie recipes each week for that protein boost. I love it, man. I had it, um, I've had it a couple different times, but I just got these two right before I left for the wedding, these two big boxes that were sent. And man, like everything that was sent in there, it's like a lot of these other boxes they send. Sometimes they send like, you know, stuff you don't need, everything in there. I'm like, oh, I definitely want that. I want that. I give different options to cook so so many different healthy meals, but just delicious meals, tasty meals. So good. So good. I did this like pesto chicken that they sent that I made. Oh, so yummy. The beef's fantastic too. Make these little burgers. My wife made a whole bunch of burgers. When I got back, I had one waiting for me. Anyway, you want to go over to greenchef.com slash thing60. You got to use that code thing60. And why? Why do you use thing60? Because you get 60% off Plus, free shipping. Did you hear that deal? 60% off. Try it. It's worth just trying. I never tried, heard of this thing before. Well, now you just heard about it, and now you get 60% off. So do it. It's really, really great. We absolutely love it. Please go and check it out. It is Green Chef. I'm telling you, man, you help out the show tremendously, and you help yourself out. I'm telling you, if you've never heard about Green Chef before, 
and you've wanted to try it. It's so delicious. And you're not going to find a deal like that. The 60% off, when they told me, I thought I, I thought I misread it. I thought I misread it. I said, no, it says 60% off. 60% off. Try it. And let me know, though, when you do, if you like the meals and you like what you're getting and you like on all the, 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 the beef, the chicken, whatever, the, the stuff that they have there, and you're really enjoying the meals, please let me know because I let them know. And then they go, oh, that's great, the audience. And this is what the audience has been doing. Um, all right, let's move on to another story, by the way. And we got some good ones. 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 Here's the next story. All right, the next story here, moving on up, is this Super Mario Bros. That's not a Super Mario picture, but these are the other two movies that came out um, during the weekend. But Super Mario takes the title again. It is absolutely crushing. Super Mario Brothers was the in its second week this week against also two other movies. But you had Super Mario Brothers, which is the running champion at the moment, and it took an $87 million in week two. And it only had a 41% drop from its debut last week. That is the best second weekend ever for an animated film, ever. To date, the film has grossed $347.8 million in North America alone and $678 million globally, and it's on track to earn well over a billion by the time it is over. So that also means that Renfield did not do well. It opened in fourth place, and it only made $7.7 million, falling short of expectations and not a good sign for a film that cost apparently $65 million without marketing. Didn't have good reviews, and both critically and a uh, B-minus cinema score seems like it's not going to do well for Renfield. It came in behind the most cost-efficient Russell Crowe-led R-rated demonic thriller The Pope's Exorcist in second with $9.1 million. It didn't do good reviews, but it was only made for $18 million, and it's probably going to make its money back. John Wick 4 came in third with 7.9 in its fourth weekend. It has now overtaken the third film to become the highest earner of the franchise with $160 million domestic and $349 million globally. Ben Affleck's Air closed out the top five, 7.7, pulled in $54 million, and that's not exactly good for a $90 million budget film with solid marketing and budget and a planned, and a planned wave of Amazon studio titles attempting to be sold on the benefit of theatrical exclusive windows. The news was also not good for Mafia Mama. I don't know what that is. The Tony, oh, okay, I do know what that is. The Tony Collette-led comedy debuting to a dismal 2.4 million. Uh, Suzumi easily beat it, taking in five. And let's see, there's, and then there's this Ari Aster's highly divisive A24, Bo is Afraid. It grows $320,000 on four screens, delivering 80,000 per screen, which makes the biggest per theater average of the year so far. All right. A lot to take in here. Let's start with uh, let's start with Mario Brothers. So this is a movie that, not surprisingly, doing really really well. Nothing really out for kids right now. Also plays into the nostalgia for the parents taking the children. I'm gonna go take my my youngest to see it probably next weekend. I've seen it already. I had a smile on my face the entire time. I said it, and I I stand by the fact that yeah, it's got a bit of a flimsy story. Who cares? People, oh yeah, who cares? Yeah, who cares? 
did you have fun watching? I had fun watching it. Is my five-year-old going to like it? Yeah, my five-year-old is going to like it. And is do I understand why it's making shit tons of money? I absolutely do. And in, and I'm glad that it is. I, I mean, it's crazy that it's making as much as it is. And the second biggest, what, animated film or whatever it was, uh, it, that's that's nuts. And then the drop-off, because, again, there's nothing, there's no competition for it at all. It's like people are finally really starting to take pe- the kids to the movies a lot more now and going, okay, we, well, what's what do we have for, for the kids? There's been less and less over the last couple of years and now you can start taking your kids back to the theater and seeing it and, and it's a it's right before summer it's a good movie to go take them to see and it's a great time to catch it um so we know why, why it is as far as Bo is afraid goes i don't know enough about the buzz behind it i don't know enough about the divisiveness of it all that um but i mean that's a that's a good number for what it had so we'll we'll see as it opens a little wider how it does now the answer to both the Tony Collette movie and the Renfield movie, um, and even Air, even Air, which Air is my favorite movie of the year. Air is my favorite movie of the year. It is a great film. But it goes back into my pre... And same thing with Renfield and not, not being my favorite movie of the year. Renfield, I thought, was... was If you looked at the trailer... That movie's not for me. But if you look at the trailer and you like the trailer... And feel that this kind of over-the-top silliness and people ripping arms off and blood spraying everywhere and all that kind of stuff. And and you enjoy that what they they deliver in the trailer, what they in the movie, what they promised in the trailer. If you looked at the trailer going, I don't know about this, then you're probably one of the people that said, not for me. This guy. But I'm not surprised it didn't do very well. I'm not surprised if, if it cost that kind of money, and I'm not surprised. Like you look at the Russell Crowe movie that is go, like gonna turn a profit because it cost nothing to make, didn't get great reviews, but they scaled down on the budget to make a profit. That's what we've been talking about for a lot of these other movies, and this is massive. This is kind of idea. This is the, this is what I'm saying when he scaled things down. Like the Terminator thing that I talk about all the time, how taking big risks like Black Adam and spending almost $200 million on that movie and then it barely breaks even on $400 million or whatever it is, that movie should have cost that movie a smaller budget, should have been like $90 million to $100 or scale it down even more. Um, but movies like Air, and again, I love it. It's my, it's my favorite movie this year. Costing almost 100 is a massive risk in today's market in the theater because this is not 1998 when people are going to the theater to see everything and see movies with acting. People go to, uh, you know, acting, seeing movies with just drama and character building. It's not why people go to the movies a lot of times. It's not saying that it doesn't add and not saying that it's not going to affect people's enjoyment of a film if there's more of that stuff inside of it. But box office, box office is about the spectacle. Box office is about the, um, you know, I'm hoping and crossing my fingers that something like Dune can be spectacle meets story meets character. And I know that the movie will, but saying that people will want to see that because the first one did good, but it didn't do like almost a billion dollars or whatever the hell it does. It's, it's an escape. It, the right now it's why the movies like the Mar and even the Marvel movies right now need to pick up on the side of that. This is, I guess going again, uh, going with my point that you need to have both. It's got to balance both because you look at Ant-Man 
And um, what the hell just came out? Didn't something else just come out? Was it Ant-Man? Was the one that just came out? What else? Something. Yeah, it was just Ant-Man. Yeah, Ant-Man was the one that just did, like, okay. It just, like, barely broke even, right? Or didn't even break even. Because it had too much spectacle and not enough character, not, not enough all that. So when you have movies like Air, when you have movies like Renfield, these are movies that today you can find them on Netflix, these types of movies. You can find them on Amazon. And by putting them in the theater with that kind of budget, it's going to be risky now. People aren't going to the movies for for those types of films. And if they are, and if you're going to put them in the films, put them in the theaters, you got to take the budget down. You have to. You cannot do a big budget movie. Like, like Renfield should not have cost that much money to make because you're not going to make that back in the theater because it's too, unless it's like a, such a, and even then, such. A, I mean, look at Air. Air's fantastic. It's getting great reviews. But it's not getting people in the theater. It's not a movie that people are going to be rushing out to see and breaking box office right now. And it, what Renfield should have done what that Russell Crowe movie did. It should have been a way scaled down budget because then it could have made movie money over, over time. Same thing with the Tony Collette movie. It's like that seems like a movie built for st- a streaming or Netflix or Amazon or anything right, right now. And maybe it catches on and maybe people see it. But theater, it's tough now, man. There's very and because it's theaters are so expensive and because movies are so expensive right now, there's it's families are choosing, and not just families, dates and everything, they're choosing what they're going to see. And like it's not it's not one of these, let's just go to the movies every week. It, it doesn't really it's not and then the pandemic changed it all. The pandemic really changed. Remember, people were talking about in the pandemic that the theaters were going under. It wasn't gonna it wasn't even gonna be a thing anymore. And thank God that didn't happen. And there are now ways and and I say this as someone who's like, yeah, if it happens, it happens. You have it, stuff at home, and people, because of my family, like my my wife and everybody else too. When when movies come out, we can sit home. We don't go to the theater a lot too. And but as I've been going back to the theater for screenings, I have regained my appreciation for the in theater experience. And I will say, I liked watching Air in the on the big screen. I don't think it was necessary. Renfield, same thing. Liked watching on the big screen. Don't think it was necessary. And clearly the audience didn't think it was necessary. Now, when I see a movie like Dungeons and Dragons, I have not seen yet, and I want to see it, and I want to see it in the theater because I do feel that that movie is necessary. And I think Dungeons and Dragons is an example of that kind of, from what I hear, I have not seen it, and people who have seen it in the comment section can tell me if I'm right or wrong, but what I've heard is it's not just a big spectacle. It certainly has that, but it has character, it has heart, it has humor, it has all the things meant to get, and it's one of the reasons why, if that is all true, and from what I've heard from everybody who has seen it, that is how you get people into the theater and continue, in in a recognizable IP, obviously, but it's tough, man. It's tough to, like, the Scorsese movie being four hours, putting that in the theater, I, I think that's coming out in the theater. That's going to be interesting to see how that movie does. I can't imagine with the tension spans of the TikTok generation trying to get people into that theater for four hours to watch that movie. I don't know. This one I'm definitely interested in, uh, even more so than the other stories, to really get your thoughts on it. What do you guys think about any of the stuff we just t- talked about here? Why do you think Renfield and uh, Air didn't do, and, and the Tony Collette mob movie didn't do as well? Is it 
anything that I'm talking about? Is it some of that? Is it less? Is it something else? What do you think? And as far as Mario, do you understand why it's making the money it's making? What say you? Please go ahead and comment and let me know. All right, before we move on, I want to tell you about two new sponsors, actually. I got uh, ExpressVPN, which I've worked with in the past, and Sunday Lawn Care. Not new, but they're fantastic. And let us let me tell you about Sunday. And you guys know about Sunday. I've been talking about it, actually, for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, it's almost spring. Pretty much spring here. But it's almost spring. The, the weather's getting better. And for me, we've been working on the yard a lot. So we get everything uh, going, and my wife's a big. Uh, she likes to make sure that spring and the flowers and new new stuff's going on with the garden. And we have this lawn care now with Sunday. It makes it very easy to enjoy. It's the days are longer. The flowers are blooming, and you can spend a lot of time in the yard. And it's really really good. You can reclaim your weekend, man. Reclaim your 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 yard. Sunday's everything that you need to get the lawn that you dreamed of. If you go to getsunday.com slash big thing and you enter your address to get a customized plan created just for your lawn. There's no trips to the store or hauling heavy bags since they they ship it straight to your home. You just need a hose. It's that easy. You just put it on, on, the, uh, on the hose and then you apply Sunday. You can fertilize your whole lawn in less time than it takes to watch an episode of your favorite TV show. It's easy and it's affordable. Some lawn care services are for more than 1500 bucks a year. Sunday's full season plan starts at just 109 bucks. Yeah. Sunday is offering our listeners 20% off these deals, guys. I'm telling you. Full season plans start at 109 bucks and you can get 20% off, but you have to use that code. You got to use getsunday.com slash big thing and you use that at checkout. That's 20% off your custom plan at getsunday.com slash big thing. Right, Express VPN, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you about Express VPN. So I know that a lot of you guys think, why don't you use just use in incognito mode? And a lot of people, yeah, sure, great. But let me tell you about something about incognito mode. It doesn't actually hide your activity. It doesn't matter what mode you use or how many times you clear your browsing history. Your internet service provider can see every single website that you visited. That's right. So even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. We had them a while ago, so excited that they're back. I've been using them ever since. And it doesn't matter who your internet service provider is. The ISPs in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through, through their secure services so your ISP can't see the sites that you visit. It keeps your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. So I don't even realize that I have ExpressVPN on. It just runs seamlessly in the background. It's very easy to use. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. And you forget that you even have it on. It's amazing. It's available on all your devices, whether it's your phone, computer, smart TV. So there's really no excuse not to be using it. Protect your online activity and do it today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. So visit my exclusive link, and that's expressvpn.com slash thing, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That is expressvpn.com slash thing, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash thing to learn more. All right, man. Again, um, the deals, guys, the deals we're throwing here, and People are always asked, they ask all the time, hey, 
So how can we support the show? Well, obviously you can get one of the sponsors that helps tremendously. If you want to, uh, we don't, we're not really, we're kind of phasing away from Patreon and I've started my own website, thechristianharloff.com and we're offering tiers. I do like these one-on-one sessions where people, and I talk to them for about half an hour. We have these new ones. We're doing 15 minutes where you can talk to anybody from the crew. Um, we have like watch longs. We have to do any of that. So that's how you can support the, the show. But I'd say for sponsors, you support yourself by getting one of these things. We've given you a lot of great options here today. Um, all right. Let's move on to another story because that's some good ones. Really good ones, actually. And I got to let me bring up this one. The Munsters, guys. The Munsters, uh, unfortunately, doesn't look like we're getting a sequel. I know you guys are, are, are bummed about that. Why? Because uh, you're not going to see Brett and I talking about the Munsters anymore. But looks like no Munsters, no plans. And I wonder why. Well, here's here's one of the reasons they say. I guess Rob Zombie, I don't even I wonder how much it was in general. But again, from darkhorizons.com, last fall, filmmaker Rob Zombie, he decided to release his family horror comedy film take on the 1960 sitcom The Monsters on Netflix and on disc. The PG-rated feature was shot in Budapest at the height of COVID and served as something as a prequel to the two seasons of the 1960s sitcom, and it showed how Herman and Lily met before they ended up on 1313 Mockingbird Lane, and reviews for the film weren't good. 52%, that's generous, with critics, and even worse, 36% with audiences on Rotten Tomatoes. That's more accurate. It was evidently a passion project of Zombie, famously mostly for his very dark and gory horror films. In a new interview with Entertainment Weekly on the 20th anniversary of House of a Thousand Corpse, Zombie says he has no plans to do a sequel and talks about the rough experience he had getting the film financed and completed during the pandemic. This is what he said. The Monsters was exhausting. That was an exhausting movie to make. It took almost five years of nonstop pushing, and then being in a foreign country during the height of COVID was not as fun as you think, so the whole experience was draining. I won't make another one, and I don't want it. The only reason I would ever want to is because I like because I like making sequels. You have so little time with the first movie to develop these characters, and towards the end of the Monsters film, you go, okay, now that that's set, you can jump in. Uh, Zombie said that currently focused on, he's focusing focused on music and set to tour this summer with Alice Cooper. Um, this is good news, to be honest. I got nothing against Rob Zombie. I think he's a very talented musician. I like, And I actually really like how passionate he is about filmmaking. I really do. When you hear him talk about it, he, the guy loves making movies, and he loves doing these things. I just don't happen to like any of his movies. That, that doesn't mean anything except it's just not my taste. But that movie was was terrible, in my opinion. You guys could love it. I'm part of that 30 four percent or whatever the hell it was on uh, uh for for critics or, or excuse me audience um yeah and it's just it's just not it's just not a good movie and but you, it's you feel for the guy when he talks about how hard it was during that time to shoot it i couldn't even imagine and trying to push together and, and no matter what like whether you like the movies or not you always kind of applaud people you put that much heart and effort and and five years to make a movie and being able to do that and all that it's, i mean it's 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 a commendable and uh, but again, it's just it was, it was rough, it was rough. But look, he calls it what it is. He doesn't want to do it again, and and if he doesn't want it, then he shouldn't. So, is anybody disappointed about that? I'm sure I have seen people, especially in the comments section, who have talked about, "Hey, I liked it. I didn't think it was that bad. I thought it was entertaining." Is there anybody here watching the show today that feels that way? Please let me know. 
I really am very, very curious if that is indeed um, the case. I got to know. All right, here's the thing. I'm pretty, and I think that I was going to maybe even lead with this today because I didn't, um, I wasn't, I didn't know what I was going to leave with yet, and I still might change it up. But as I mentioned at the top here, there's a movie that was the 2022, the biggest flop. Now, again, if you know the answer, then don't put it in the comments section. But if you don't, before you even have a chance to hear me say what it was, Put a guess in there in the comments. Say, hey, before I even hear, this is my guess, and here's why I think it did did the worst. There was a movie in 2020, 2020, 2020, 2020. It's a movie in 2022 that was the biggest box office flop. So we're going to talk about that right now. The answer, go ahead and push pause if you don't know it, what it is. But the answer, ladies and gentlemen, was Strange World. Disney Strange World was 2022's biggest flop. So there were two male skewing Disney sci-fi animated films set on alien worlds, and three early mid-20th century period pieces make up the list of the five biggest box office flops of 2022. A new data analysis report over at Deadline has gone into the biggest box office flops of 2022 and breaking down not just their box office tallies, but home entertainment revenue, foreign sales, and streaming TV deals. Disney's animated pulp adventure tale, Strange World, was the biggest bomb of 2022. The film lost the Mouse House around $197 million. Oof. Coming in at a production budget of $180 million. Why does that movie cost that much? Just $55 million at the box office worldwide, and the film is up there with John Carter and The Lone Ranger as two of Disney's biggest flops. Not far behind for Disney was Lightyear in third place. That's surprising. That's surprising. What was supposed to be a triumphant return to cinema has resulted in an estimated $106 million loss for the company. Here's your answer. $200 million production budget and a costly marketing campaign of well over $100 million. The film only managed $226 million at the box office worldwide. So... The second was Amsterdam, David O. Russell's World War I-era ensemble caper comedy starring Christian Bale, John David Washington, and Marco Robbie. The result was a loss of $108 million for New Regency, $80 million, and as much again in marketing the film, only managed a paltry $31 million at the global box office. In fourth was the war drama Devotion, starring Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell, which lost $80 million despite good reviews. The, this movie came out too uh, too early. This movie should have come out after Creed and Ant-Man. Um, the Korean War fighter pilot story was a costly $90 million to make and had a fairly cost-effective marketing campaign. It only made $20.5 million domestically and barely broke $1 million overseas. Finally, in fifth place was Babylon. 189-minute epic about 1920s Hollywood resulted in a loss of $87.4 million for Paramount Pictures. Okay. A lot to take in here, man. A lot to take in here. Let's let's start with the same conversation that we just had before. Babylon. Um, 80 million production budget. They're aiming at the right thing. Too long. Too long. 189 minutes. Too long. 
to get people in the theater to, to see that. Too long. About Hollywood? Too long. 80 million. Uh, yeah, it made 15 million domestically. That's not a movie. It's it's we're in a different time period, kids. No one's going out to watch a 189 million uh, 189 minute movie about Hollywood. It's just like get out of your bubble. I didn't even see it yet and I like Damien Chazelle. But I wouldn't go, I mean, if I was if it wasn't covering this, it, it's not one I'm gonna go out and see in the theater right now. It's not the first one. It's it's not enough for people to go, yeah, people are gonna want to see this in the theater. Let's spend 90 million on it and then make it uh, 189 minutes. It's insanity. If you're making it for streaming again, then then sky's the limit. Have a blast. Do what you gotta do. Different rules. Um Devotion movie came out at a, at at a wrong at the wrong time. Now I'm not talking about the, the Jonathan Majors uh, legal stuff that's going on right now. We discussed it on Capes and Cows. We don't know what's happening with it yet. As I'm, this is let I'm, I'm in the time period here of right when Creed three and um, and Ant Man came out. If that movie comes out, you know, in March, well, March was Creed three, but. And I guess again, you know, if you put it in April, maybe. Um, but whenever, whenever you, you should cap, try to capitalize on his star power and pushed it because same thing with Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell's gonna is is his star is growing as well. Top Gun and all these things, and he's probably gonna get cast in Green Lantern, um, and his 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 star is rising. Their star wasn't big enough yet to market on them because people didn't know who they both were yet. So I started watching that movie and I liked what I saw. I just didn't, we just didn't get back to it. But uh, but that to me is one of the and plus again harder movie to sell in the theater without two major movie stars yet. That's a harder one to sell. Now it's not always that the movie star is going to get you box office, but it helps. It helps and it's and. And that was that was tougher at that at that time. I would have held that one back. Um, so that those two easy to to zone in on. Amsterdam very easy to zone in on. Not a good movie, despite the the major cast that you have. Eighty million budget again, and it only made thirty one because there's no buzz on it. I remember everyone when going to see it, it was like, oh, okay, it's David O. Russell, it's it's Christian Bale, it's 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 uh it's it's John David Washington and Margot Robbie. This is gonna be fantastic. Nobody's talking about it because it wasn't good. It just wasn't a good movie. Um so couple that with the again, harder movie to get people into the theater with, especially when it came out. So that's not surprising to me at all. That when that 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 that's coupled with not being a good movie, a little too long, um, and all over the place, and not a movie today that people are running to the theater to see. So, not surprising. Now here, the I mean, both Lightyear and Strange Worlds. Now, as far as Lightyear goes, it cost or it made two hundred twenty-six million at the box office. Worldwide, not a good number. Even worse is that it cost two hundred million dollars to make, with the story that it was, and and with a confusing ending for children. Very confusing ending for children. I liked it, understood the ending of it because again the way that the time stuff and all that, and didn't mind. 
but it's not a very exciting film. And it plays off of um, the Toy Story character, right? And it's definitely not made for little kids. It just isn't. Um, so a $200 million budget was a massive mistake with $100 million worth of marketing. Yeah, I mean that's that your fingers pointed right there. You can that was that was a silly, silly move on how they did that because they probably thought, hey, it's Buzz Lightyear. People are gonna want to see Buzz Lightyear. And it wasn't the Buzz Lightyear that the kids were familiar with. It was definitely made more so for adults. And because I didn't mind the movie. Didn't mind it. Just was definitely not something that I was going to drag my five-year-old to see because she would have been like, what is going on? Especially the ending. Ending right over her head when she watched it at home. Knew, didn't know what the hell was going on. So, and with 100 million markings, it doesn't surprise me that the movie lost money. And it also doesn't surprise me that Strange World didn't make money. Again, the difference is I thought that Lightyear is a significantly better movie than, than Strange World. Strange World is all over the place. Um... And too 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 bizarre at points, and it cost way too much money. Look, you want to spend two hundred million dollars on Lightyear. You want to take a risk on Lightyear because it's Buzz Lightyear and it's connected to the Toy Story franchise. I get it. I do. I get it. What in the world are they thinking? Putting one hundred eighty million dollars into a movie like this that no one knows what it is. $180 million. It made $55 million at the box office. That's not even talking about the, 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 the marketing behind it. That is a, that it's one of Disney's biggest flops. Yeah. I mean, it lost them 200 million. It lost them almost, I mean, almost the, the amount, it, it lost them the amount of money plus $17 million more of what it costs to make. Oof. Brutal. That's brutal. That is absolutely, absolutely brutal. Um, I, I'm not surprised by... I'm not, I'm not surprised by these results. I'm surprised by the decisions of Disney on those two where they could have avoided that by cutting down that budget, especially in the time period that we're in over the last three years. This is why I still am a massive advocate of cutting budgets down now. We went from that spot where it was like the $100 million movie to make a movie was a big, that was a big budget. That was a big budget to, to, make, to make like a $100 million movie. Now it's like nothing. And you got to scale it down. Focus on the, focus on real sets. Focus on the characters. Focus on the story. Stop with the spectacle. Stop with doing all these different things where it's like, just putting the, like, what are they putting two hundred million dollars into Strange World and Lightyear for? What are you doing? What are you doing? The movies, those movies should have cost one hundred and twenty million tops, and Strange World even less. What is that? Who is it? What what's happening? No one knows what it is. Uh, and then plus the marketing of it and everything. I mean, Buzz Lightyear 
or light year, like 300 million bucks with everything included. That was, that's uh that's, that's a, that's a bad choice, bad choice over there. So Disney's having a rough one. And I think that's a lot of that. It says, I think a lot of that was during the JPEG area uh, era. Um, but yeah, what do you guys think? A lot of different, did you, did you get any of those movies? Did you know that some of those would be in there? Do you agree with my assessment of why I think those movies tanked? Do you think there's other reasons involved of why they might have tanked? Will you let me know? Make sure that you comment. Throw your um, throw your comments in there, and I really would love to know your thoughts. Um, but yeah, man, this is uh, t- this week's gonna be fun. Like I said, Freddie Prince Jr.'s coming in. Katie's coming in. The Katie episode will probably release next week sometime. Um, but we have a lot of great st- stuff kind of happening. We're gonna wrap out the year with whatever um, whatever movies. I'm not sure which. I think Evil Dead, George Foreman. I think there's a couple of them that are coming out. And then we get into the summer movie season is right around the corner, guys. I can't wait. And I really can't wait for you guys to be there. Please be there live if you can. I'd love to meet some of you. I'd love to see you if you're able to be there. I'd love to laugh with you. Stand-up comedy and then the Big Thing podcast live on April 28th. If you can be anywhere near there, if you're like, well, you know what? I live like uh, 45 minutes away. Come see us. Come see us. It supports us. You'll laugh. You'll have a good time. We'll have some food, we'll have some drinks, it'll be a good time. You can't see it in person, then you want to support the show, you can get live stream tickets now, thechristianharloff.com. Get yourself one of those shirts over at Tee Public. link is in the description for sure. If you haven't checked us out on, uh, on Spotify, we are available on Spotify, we are on video on Spotify. So once again, guys, thank you for joining me here today. Make sure you comment everything that you can check out those um, those sponsors I always put the links in for the sponsors as well and you guys are the best oh car yeah thank you to carbon health see did that on purpose thank you you guys are the best and we'll see you on the flip side all right peace <laughs>